Welcome everybody to episode three of the 2017 Big Footy Blues podcast. Thanks for joining us to talk about the fortunes of the Mighty Blues once more. I'm ODN and I'm excited to introduce my team tonight. Strong, tall and capable of going through the middle, he's our reliable Mr. Fixit. It's Shandog. Hey mate, how is everyone? Pretty good. Uh, a strong defensive game with a smattering of X-Factor, Wiley podcast veteran Happy Dude gets a well-deserved call-up. Hey Happy Dude. Oh, hey, that's probably the nicest intro you've ever given me. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, it really hurt to actually say something nice, too. Oh, I can, t- I can see you gritting your teeth. <laughs> oh, look, we've got, we've, we've, we've got plenty more time tonight to actually um, we'll get reverse stuck that. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, for a start, we're just talking about it, the fact that nobody else came on the podcast just because uh, you were coming on. <laughs> so, <laughs> had, to, had to make room for the yeah. personality. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's not dilly dally too much longer. We'll go straight into the weekend wake. This is the weekend wake. So on Sunday at the MCG, Carlton. 9-10-64 eventually went down to Melbourne 13-8-86. Goals for Carlton, right three. Uh, singles to Casbolt, Ed Kerno, Murphy, Armfield, Petresky, Seaton and Pickett. Uh, Names of the best for Carlton were Wright, Murphy, Cripps, Doherty, Gibbs and Kerno. Uh, the injuries, we had Thomas uh, had a right knee injury, went back on. Silvani had a caught thigh and ankle, went back on. Uh, we found out after, after the game that... Uh, there's a bit of uh, doubt surrounding Patrick Cripps and a, and a possible fractured draw. And Sam Rose, also a little bit the worst for wear. Uh, after the game, it was announced as uh, reports being nil. Uh, we since found out the two Melbourne dogs <laughs> <laughs> have, uh, have been rubbed out, uh, Jordan Lewis, for three weeks and Jesse Hogan, respectively, if they accept um, the MRP findings. Um, I don't know if you guys want to start with the game. or I think... Happy dude's been all revved up with no place to go, um, and probably wants to address uh, at least one of those incidents. Tell you what, that that Lewis, uh, he got he got given three weeks. Um, if I was him, I'd take that and run because, like, I reckon he deserves much more than that. Yeah. And he's now, very lucky it. that Weering didn't break his jaw. <laughs> that that would have been pretty sweet. Was, I, I can't stand it when players hit other players when they're not looking like that, and. Um, I'd, yeah, I probably wouldn't have been too upset if Crips had got up and just given one back um, straight away. But yeah, it's, it is what it is, and that's what Lewis and the Hawthorne boys always seem to do. And he's gone to Melbourne, and he doesn't get the same special treatment from the match review panel at Melbourne, it seems. So he's actually gotten weeks, not as yep. many as I believe so. But um, I bet you if he was wearing the poo and wee colours, he'd be um, he would have walked away scot free. Someone someone posted something pretty funny, and they said, I said, "Look, he's forgotten. He doesn't play for Hawthorne now. He can't get away with it." Well, yeah, well, that's true, but then he's, he's still in his element because uh, straight after he, he, he landed that cheap shot, a um, uh, little angry ant, Captain Courageous Viney, um, also uh, pushed 
crypts to the ground. So they're working. Yeah, there's not many people mentioning that. You know, but uh, he's he's even he's got a both weeks that I've seen him. He's uh he's been pretty angry. He's been he's a pretty angry last last year and little snipey thing. So uh, yeah, he's leading by example, obviously. And uh, yeah, and the uh, the Sam Rowe uh, incident with uh, Jesse Hogan. Um, giving them a short, I'm, there's some contentions about this. I, I haven't seen it um, blown up or anything, but um, you know, some are saying it was a short jab. Um, some are saying it was an open hand to the jaw, but either way, it um, it, uh, it rattled Sammy Rowe and he went to ground and uh, was a bit dazed. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear. Someone blew up a, uh, a picture of it, uh, the frame where he actually hit him, and it looks pretty clear like it was a, a palm strike, for lack of a better word. Um, into the jaw, but I tell you what, looking through the MIP threads uh, on the main board and, and through uh, Melbourne's threads as well, there's so many people on there like claiming that Rowe's taken a dive and it was a slap and that, that he's soft and this and that. And from their posting style, it's it's quite clear that those people haven't been hit in the face much, which greatly surprises me. Um, <laughs> based on their posting, I would have thought that had well, happened a fair bit. No, I'm, oh, you I'm, know I'm, what I'm, keyboard warriors are like. Though. That's what I've got to say. That if you, you can't get hit in the face if you don't leave your basement. Um, <laughs> nah, he, they both. I actually, um, I initially posted over on the Melbourne board that I thought Hogan was maybe a bit stiff to cop a week there. But if the club is saying that Rowie had some sort of injury from that, even if he's just, I don't know, popped a crown off a fucking tooth or something, then you know, no one likes going to the dentist. But you know, it, it was that far off the ball that I've reconsidered. He probably deserved a week, I reckon. Two's probably a bit harsh for that. It wasn't a, a full swing like uh, like Lewis hit Cripps with twice, in fact, someone pointed out, if you go back and look at the vision. He gave him two to the chops. It wasn't one. I don't know how he's only gotten away with three. That was ridiculous. Yeah, Lewis with his record should have got more. And uh, Ho- uh, yeah, Hogan with his should have gotten uh, probably gotten a warning. Yeah, the only difference mm-hmm. between what Lewis... I know this might be a big statement. The only difference between what Lewis did to Cripps and what Barry Hall did to... Was it Brent Staker? is that yeah. Hall absolutely destroyed him, but yeah. it was off the ball, it was deliberate punches to the head, and you should be getting uh, somewhere in the vicinity of what Hall got with you know a few weeks less because obviously he didn't um, uh, do quite as much damage. So as has come out from the club, he, uh, Cripps has got a hairline fracture to the jaw, which I don't know if that means he'll play this week or not, but that's a, that's a significant injury. Did this happen at the point of the game where Cripps was starting to get on, you know, really start to heat up again and, um, you know, get yeah. us moving. Yeah, a few minutes left yeah. in the third it was. So Cripps had turned us turned us around. He'd, he'd got back on his game and he was, you know, doing being the clearance monster he is and uh, really having an impact. And so you'd think that that was almost a, a deliberate ploy to take him out of the game. Um, speaking of the midfield, guys, um, it's probably been our weakness. Even though the forward line's quite weak, it's 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 the poor delivery they're getting and maybe the defensive running that's not happening as much with the, with our midfielders. It's a much better effort from them this week, mm-hmm. but uh, but um, you know, were you happy with the way we went, or are we still a couple of midfielders short? I think our midfield did a much better job of that defensive running that you were talking about. The pressure was much better for almost the whole game um, against the D's, who only really got the jump on us. I reckon in the first you know half of the first quarter. I think that's what Bolton was saying in the um, post match presser as well. So. The overall defence was was much better, and that meant that um, we we're forcing some turnovers from them, and and it's it's just a, a gradual improvement. I think we want to keep seeing every week, and and so far that's what we're getting, which is good. 
the thing that really um, annoyed me with the Richmond game was there seemed to be no defensive effort from the midfield. Now, back line was just constantly under pressure of fast balls coming back in as soon as they cleared it out. Um, and this week it was good to see that we sort of we worked on that and we showed a bit more defensively and we chased and we stuck we stuck some tackles. We missed a few crucial tackles that would have gone a, a long way to winning the game. Yeah. But uh, overall, yeah, we, we did a lot better um, defensively. But then, as you also mentioned as well, the delivery into the forward 50 was absolutely it was crap. Like, the amount of times we hit the only Melbourne player by himself on the chest without a Carlton player near him to contest the mark, let alone, you know, being the end, that's where we need to be delivering it to. That was just, that. that is the sole reason we lost that game, I reckon. Just those stupid turnovers when we're trying to get it into the forward line, hitting them right on the chest. Yeah, and that's something that we're going to wait to see and improve as we get these other new guys in through, like uh, Paulson and Fisher and and that who are um who are noted to have really good disposal. I mean that's that's what they're going to be coming into the side for, and that's what we need to improve on. So I'm willing to sort of not fo- I'm I'm trying not to focus on that sort of the specifics of what we're doing poorly, but more on the structure. Like, are we getting forwards into a decent position and that sort of thing? If yeah. you're playing AFL, you should be able to tell the difference between the guy in the white jumper and the guy in the blue jumper. <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's how bad right. the kicking is. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even like there were a few odd kicks because of nerves off skill. They were, it was like they were drilling it right to the Melbourne player. Well, probably no midfielder is more divisive, uh, Kelton, at the moment than than the, the senior core, Mark Murphy and uh, Bryce Gibbs. Um, you know, both racking up plenty of percent, um, possessions. Uh, Murphy had 31, Gibbs had 25. I, I, I question some of the decision making at times. Um, you know, Murph had a you know couple of horrendous turnovers. Gibbs went at 52% disposal. Uh, I don't want to just concentrate on the glaring er- errors. You know, Sam Doherty's a favourite of mine. He had a couple of glaring errors as well, trying to make things happen. Um, that's going to happen with a senior core because they do take it upon themselves to do things. Sam, I, Sam I, seems to do that though, um, to sort of like, I'm with you. I, I really, I really like Sam, but he seems to, to do that when he feels like he needs to create something when nothing's happening and try and take yep. the game on. Um, yep. And sometimes it comes off and sometimes it doesn't with him. That's just like, I remember there was that game. I think it was where we just narrowly lost to Fremantle and he kicked mm. it out on the full near the end. And I think Shan yeah. got really angry about that. <laughs> yeah, but He's that's, got just, the that's just the player it. he is. I, I, I guess the, 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 pro- the issue I have with Mark Murphy is uh, defensive intensity. Mm. Uh, he gets pushed off so many tackles and he one-arms it, you know, stuff like that, just one-handed grabs and they break- people players are breaking away from him with ease, right? Just, just quietly, I think Murphy's leading our club for tackles this year. Yeah, oh, that's okay. I mean, he might be involved. I'm not sure he got four. Mind you, a couple of other players got four. Nobody got more than four tackles. It's pretty ordinary. But um, but I'm saying he he is in the guts, so he's getting a lot of opportunity, but there's no stat for missed tackles or broken tackles. Occasionally, I'm just watching the defensive intensity of of those two guys and going, I don't know. They they I tell you what, they lift. When, when we suddenly go, hey, we got ourselves back in the contest in the third quarter or, the, you know, early in the fourth and stuff like that, we're back in the contest and there's a game on the line and those guys will, will intensity will go up. But I want to see that leading by example of the full match. Um, they, they seem to do it when the team collectively lift and not necessarily to make us lift. So 
Yeah, they're not necessarily the fire starters, if you know what I mean. Yeah, their effectiveness, I think, uh, has dropped. Um, where we used to, could rely on them to just do something special and to always hit those targets, make the right decisions. Um, particularly mm. Murphy, but even Gibbs to an extent, in my opinion, they're not quite at that level anymore. And, uh, whilst I don't, I don't question Gibbs's endeavor, which has sometimes been, you know, a question mark over his head. I think Murphy is just not the same player he was a couple of years ago as much as we hope he is. And he might, yeah. I reckon, might um, improve over the next few weeks because let's not forget he's, he's finally had a preseason and, and things like that. So yeah. it, it might um, improve over the next few weeks and into the season. Uh, but at the moment, he definitely looks um, not quite where we expect him to be. But if whether that expectation is realistic or not, that's that's the question. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, in, you know, as I said, you look at it, go thirty-one disposals, uh, uh, you know, six was it six clearances, uh, four tackles, uh, seven marks. You know, you look at it and you go going seventy-four percent efficiency, and you're going, what the hell are you guys on about? Mm. But it's just it's just little things. You go, oh, that's not a good look. Um, so I understand this. So for some people, it was very divisive on the boards. So um, a lot of people's uh, criticising him and a lot of people saying, are you guys deluded? And I just want to add some balance to it. I can see what both parties are saying because I saw the best and worst of Murph at different times during that game. But when I was talking about fire starters, um, one guy is a different fire starter within our side. Um, honest as the day is long, Matthew Wright. Legendary. I, I have to say something about Matthew Wright. I wasn't his biggest fan last year, and I, I didn't think that he'd, he'd be hanging around too long outside of his contract. But so far this year, he's done very, very well. My crit- biggest criticism of him, just to put it into context, was more decision-making. He's always had an awesome kick, and um, when lining up for goals from a set shot, I've trusted him to kick them. But outside of that, I thought at times he's put other players under the pump um, and kicked to bad space and sort of not run into smart areas himself. But this year, he's done I've, he's done everything right so far. So, you know, I'm sort of behind him now. And the, some of the things I noticed as well, I was going to pump him up big time as well. Um, the, the little team play things he does are brilliant. Like the, uh, the number of times I noticed um, someone, you know, shepherding or blocking uh, opposition players so that we could get a mark, you know, from a march bank or a plowman or someone like that. And I looked down at who it was, and it's him, and he's scragging and, and not giving away a free, but allowing our player free jump of the ball. Um, he's doing the small things like tackling, pressuring, tapping it on to advantage and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think he's exactly what you want from a small forward and or, you know, who pinch hits in the in the midfield. He's doing a great job. Um, smart, professional footballer. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, all, that's all you can ask. Yep. Um, another name that's sort of a little bit divisive, and again, um, we saw... A lot of criticism and a few going to bat for him this week, as they did last week. Um, Dale Thomas, the, we saw the best of the worst and the best of him within a, about a minute uh, uh, at one stage. Um, where he, uh, 20 minutes, 20 minutes out, uh, had a wayward shank, shot a goal, and um, then took uh, a fantastic mark on the boundary. Not quite reminiscent of uh, Matthew Lappin, as I saw somebody say, but it was, you know, <laughs> That's a bit of a reach. Fairly, it was a bit of a reach, uh, so was the mark, but, you know, it was a, it was a good, good solid mark and a good and a give-off and, uh, yeah, and, and lead to a goal. So, yeah, so, you, you know, shows he's got something to offer. I, I sort of take on board what um, Brendan Bolton says about his leadership. Watch, you know, having watched him on the training track um, uh, not 
not this off season, not as pre- the previous uh, the one before when they were at the Gold Coast, and is hearing his voice and the way he was encouraging the others, I could see why he might be a good on field sort of influence. Mm. And maybe we do need some of those, but people don't want him to get that fifteen game. Uh, 15 games up to uh, get another year on his contract. So, And, and I'd agree uh, with that. Um, I, I'm not someone who... I'd rather not see him at the club next year. Um, yeah. And he and I'd be the first person, though, to say that he had a good game against Melbourne. It was a slow start, but he worked his way into it and, and contributed well. But what I would say about that, though, is for someone of his seniority, for, forgetting how much we paid for him and all, all of that irrelevant, superfluous stuff, for someone of his seniority to be getting games at the moment, we've got so many young guys who are wanting to get into the side, that should be the bare minimum for him. Um, that's like a bare minimum uh, contribution to our side. And if yeah. if he doesn't play at at least this level uh, each week, then I'd be the first person saying that he needs to get dropped. He, there's no doubt in my mind that Dale Thomas is a very, very good footballer. Great footballers don't become crap footballers overnight for no reason. It, it's always injury and it limits them in what they can do and that's the situation he's in. So he needs to learn how to play within the limitations that his body has and still provide that basic level of contribution to our team or for all I care, he can go back into the VFL and, and do some on-field coaching for the guys there. Yep, no, fair call. Um... Any other aspects of that game you guys want to uh, touch? I mean, we'll, we'll certainly single out a couple of players uh, in our next segment. How good? How good is Seaton? Yeah, he's special, isn't he? I've really enjoyed watching him. Yeah, I, I was quite surprised. I was watching him and thinking, "Gee, he moves well." Him and Jared Pickett. I mean, just 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 watching the silky movement of those guys and the way they pick up the ball and stuff. I was actually surprised, and a couple of people said they weren't, but they. Um, to, to note that uh, his, his disposal efficiency was terrible, um, Sam. Um, it was 46, he went at 46%. I didn't notice that during the game no, because I, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just so enamored with him. In the, it wasn't, movement. yeah, it wasn't, his disposal um, efficiency was down. It wasn't like giving it straight to Melbourne players, but he did just miss these targets a couple of times and it sort of bounced and we might have recovered it afterwards, but he wasn't hitting his targets with hand passes a couple of times, I felt, because he was, too busy because Melbourne were flooding sort of around around the ball, slightly the defensive side of the ball where he was doing blind turns into, and a lot of our players were. So he was putting himself under the pump a little bit and panicking with some hand passes. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know how much you guys can see on the TV, but when you're at the game, you can actually see him. He runs a lot into good spaces um, and doesn't get hit, hit up with passes yes, a lot. I did because, see that a bit, um, yeah. That, as, as, it happens with younger players. Like it happened to Chad Wingard in his first year. Um, he'd run into spots and um, they... It's not that they don't look for him, but maybe it's it's not the game plan to sort of go down that side of the ground or um or they just go to the, the bigger older, the ball safer is just automatically looking for a nice yeah maybe they're looking for Levi or Cruiser to hit up for a big mark you know that yeah. sort of thing happens with um with younger smaller players you see it a lot until they start demanding more of the ball and then they start subconsciously they become more of an option that you just notice. When he has more of an impact, we'll see him when he, for his running, he'll start to get more reward and then we'll start seeing him getting more possession and hitting the scoreboard more often. Um, yeah. but at the moment he's running well. He runs defensively well. He chases players down. He runs into space and he doesn't give up and he looks like he's got it. So I'm very happy yeah. with that pick. Yeah. His, his lateral movement and the way he can step around players is, is really, really good. And, and what you're saying is, is, is true about the space that he was making because I was thinking to myself, Gee, he's making a perfect 
positions he puts him in would be perfect for Hawthorne football. Yeah. You know, the, the, the accurates mm. uh, hit him up with sort of things and just ch- and chip chip up, up the ground and stuff. He's actually prevent- presenting a really good out option all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it, it was just frustrating to watch him make position and, and, and make a couple of different leads into space and then seeing um, somebody kick, you know, slightly further out to Kurnow or Armfield or something like that. And I'm thinking they're not the guys you want to have the ball in the hand. Going forward, I mean, I just gushed about about um well both of them at different times but for young players and uh smooth that's all i can think of it's just smooth um, <laughs> that was always dirty <laughs> well, <laughs> so well, it was i didn't i didn't want to go down that path <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not going to go down their path but um <laughs> i think i think Chad dogs waving at us from the bottom of the hill <laughs> Um, but just to show it's not all about gushing about the young blokes. It's not, but um, Charlie Curnow is the opposite. He's yeah. lost. But like, you know what? Like, the one time I saw him go into the middle for a stoppage that whole game, he won the clearance. Yeah, and, I saw that too. And it looked like that was the easiest clearance he'd ever get in his life. It was like it was nothing. And so I'm like, well, because I've been one to say that I don't think he's a long-term midfielder, or at least he hasn't shown that he's got the physical attributes needed to do it now, which is that super uh, agility and burst of pace um, from the first few steps. He's more of a, for me, and I know people will disagree, I think he's a bit more of a loping sort of long-running player who's great on the lead when they get out there and can maintain a gap on an opponent or um, or just you know run up and down the wing, but... He can't run out of a stoppage, but from the way he cleared that ball out there, it looks like he doesn't even need to. So maybe I'm wrong on that, and we should be playing him at stoppages more. Yeah, the thing with um with Charlie, I, I think I'm seeing is um he he looks a little lost, but not out of his depth. If you sort of get what I mean, like yeah. if, if he stays in the team long enough, you might get confidence and sort of gain, you know, and play a bit and perform a bit better in the team. So I'm willing to sort of leave him in to sort of see if he can sort of pick that up. Um, he doesn't look like one of those players that we put in and he just looks like he shouldn't be there yet. So we need to put him back down for a little while. He's looking like he just needs to sort of be in the team and be out on playing AFL footy for a bit to sort of see where he can go from here. I was hoping he sort of look a bit more natural, but um, yeah, he doesn't look by any means. He doesn't look like he's going to be a bust or anything. He just looks like he needs that little bit of time to help adjust. No, I think he's, he's a slow burn sort of player, like I was posting at some point mm. in there. I think it, we're not going to see the best of him for a few years. And, um, and yeah. even at the moment, you could argue that he's, what he's putting out there for a second year player is acceptable anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just, I just, I just don't know if he knows, if he knows what his role is. Um, he, he just looks a little bit confused at times. And I think, um, the couple of times he, the six games or whatever he played last year, um, he looked, he looked, um, like he had a real sense of purpose, so I don't know. Well, well you know, it, they'll they'll come right. You know, as the team lists, um, they'll all find their mark. But yeah, yep. get them, get them, get them involved more. Get them on the ball. We'll move to the next segment, um, which is on fire and under the pump. Um, we didn't really talk about this beforehand, guys, but I've singled out a couple of players, and we did. We managed to avoid talking about them in the uh, uh, in the Melbourne 
dissections. So that's good. Um, so that's good. We, we usually tread all over all over ourselves. So um, <laughs> I do, I do, I do, there must I do, be some do, sort of team element here. As far as being on fire, I like to single out. I mean, there's a couple, definitely a couple we could look at. Matty Wright was one of them, but uh, I like to single out Lockie Plowman. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I still see some people who. Um, not not outright uh, um, slagging him on the boards, but still people questioning whether or not he's, you know, taking the right marks, doing the right thing. You know, every now and again, I see someone go, "Geez, Plowman's having a mare," and I'm looking, I'm going, "Are, you, are we yeah. talking about the same Plowman?" Like, I thought he's been great this year. And I mean, there was some criticism last year that might have been warranted, but he hasn't put his foot wrong as far as I'm concerned so far this year. One thing he's also done is he's increased his output, so he's actually getting a lot more of the ball. His possession, you know, his disposal count's going up, so he would be more that uh, sort of 8 to 10 sort of possession sort of game, sort of in the Sammy Rose sort of uh, vein last year. Yeah. So, you know, do a lot of do a lot of the one percenters, but don't get a lot of the ball yourself. Um, this year he's got it going up. I think he had 20 last week. He got 18 this week. Uh, just gone. So, you know, that's that's great. It's, it's, it's sort of matching, I guess, what... Uh, is 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 twin um, Caleb Marchbank really the twin is, as far as the way they play the game and the, you know the similar sort of undersized key key defender mm-hmm. um, um, you know the way we're running it out of defence um, that they're, they're they're a good combination this year so yeah he's, I think he's making really sound decisions and he's he's getting a lot more strength under the ball on the one on ones as well. Well, last year I had a, a discussion on the boards with uh, Cy I believe um, and. We were both saying that we both liked uh, Plowman um, because he looks, he's a natural footballer. He makes the right decisions and he's smart about it all, but he was just getting out-muscled a little bit in contests and led around a little bit rather mm. than trusting his instincts and trying to read the play a little bit. Like there were times where his uh, opponent had led him away from a contest to make it a, a one-on-one instead of a two-on-one for us. Um, and he's, he's not doing that this year, so it's good. Um, he's improved on the one little area where I, was, I had criticism of him last year, but he always looked like he was an actual footballer with proper disposal and a good footy brain, which is what we need. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, well done to the ploughman. Um, <laughs> under the pump, oh, God, I mean, this has happened, this sort of thing's happened a lot this year, and, and, I, and I've been a big fan and I've been hoping he comes right and stuff, but <sighs> Levi Casbolt, you know, Sav Rock has come back to the club, he seems to have sorted out his kicking. Um, he, he's kicking them straight more often than not. He's just not getting as many shots as he used to have. Uh, his, his marking, he's got the yips. He was dropping some really, really easy grabs for him, and that's his one strength. You know, he's not particularly agile. He doesn't get around the ground that well. Um, he, he's, he's, he's a, he's a pinch hitting second ruck. Um, he doesn't, he gets, you know, five, six hit out. So he's, a, he's a negating ruck at best. Uh, you don't want him rucking in your own, de- in, uh, in your own, uh, last line of defense. That's for sure. We saw that. Uh, yeah. he's pushed out of it way too easily. Um, or gives it, away a free. Yeah, 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 gives away free or gets pushed under the ball and, you know, and, uh, you know, the opposition ruck and, you know, kick goals at will. Um, it's, it's, and he, and he's so, lacking, he's lacking mongrel. Yeah, it does seem it a bit mm. to me. I think he's lucky to be in the side a little bit at the moment, just by the fact that we don't have a clear replacement who can do that second ruck role as well. I know people throw row up there as, as an option to do it. And that's possible, but it seems like the 
match committee doesn't want that to be the case and, and we're just waiting on people like um, Harry Mackay or even Jax to, to really cement a spot in there and take his place um, because other than it seems like he's there as a placeholder, and he probably knows that too. Um, I really hope he can, you know, pick up those aspects of the game that we're talking about. That, you know, the mark and kick—that's what he's there for. So yeah, that's what he needs to do. Yeah, I think he's got a touch of the Robbie Warnocks at the moment. The second mm. rugby can't really seem to really perform for us. But uh, as you were saying about um, the match, me doesn't think Rowe can sort of fill that pinch hitting ruck. Um, I think that's because they're playing two different positions outside of the ruck. So like, obviously. Yeah. Um, Casbolt's up forward. Um, if Rowe goes up into the ruck, we lose a backman. Yeah, not a you'd have to change the whole but, system, yeah, yeah, for sure. So it sort of reshuffles everything around. So from that basis, that's why I think Levi is currently a placeholder because he, he can't... He, I thought terribly of him um, after the, the Richmond game because of his inability to take a basic mark. And he's just gone up and not, once again, can't take a mark. So he needs to either shake this Robert, Robbie Warnock out of him or um, start, you know, putting some super glue on his hands and start marking the ball again because he's, um, as mentioned, his kicking looks a lot straighter and watching him do the run-up, he seems to be a lot more calculated. There was that kick against Richmond where he didn't quite make the distance. It looks more natural. The kick was straight off, yeah, yeah, straight off the boot. So it's like they've told him, don't worry about the distance, worry about straight first and the distance will come back. So that seems to be what he's doing with his kicking, which I'm happy with. I'd be happy if he was taking all those marks and they were straight off the boot and he's just, you know, getting back into the whole thing of it. But he's not even marking it anymore. Why have him out there? All right, that's enough uh, building people up and tearing them down again. Um, we'll move on to a pre-game pet talk. Say pre-game peptide. So, <laughs> just, just wondering. Just want to be clear. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I've got this feral taste. Just thinking about it's like the bile in the back of your neck. That sort of. Oh, uh, this is pre-game peptide, um, and uh, as, as you may guess, uh, we are on Sunday, three twenty at MCG. Carlton take on. Asterix. Asterix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we can um, inject some fire into the boys and um, really come out on top this week. Yeah, nice. I'd like to Assad to see that. No, just, damn it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> Mono. Come on, go on. kicking of the past few years. The execution was poor. <laughs> We've had, ye- had years to practice this stuff. <laughs> Just choke. Oh, dear. and 2-0, Carlton 0-2. Um, they're really looking to um, make us pay, I guess, for uh, for what they've been suffering over the last couple of years. You know, they haven't necessarily... They've taken on a very uh, underwhelming Hawthorne side, um, you know, and um, just got up, really, against uh, pulling away late against um, Brisbane, who really gave them a run for their money. You know, so um, it's not that Carlton have actually taken on anybody of an OV either, but just just on who we have played, it's not like we're expecting to get pumped or anything like that. But um, you wouldn't think so. No, it just sounds funny the way that you're going on. Oh, so far we 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 lost to Richmond by forty points, and uh, we went down to Melbourne by twenty. But 
Essendon haven't beaten anyone besides uh, a Hawthorne. <laughs> but you no. can say that these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can now, but still, it just sounds funnier. It's like when um, when I tell people about, oh, the good thing about Carlton is the last two teams we beat um, for flags was Hawthorne and Geelong, and it sounds more impressive than it actually is. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that one myself. Yeah, guys, I mean, how do we see that game unfolding? Where where, where do we really have to tighten up, and um, where can we get them? How, how do we see this game unfolding, and how do we want to see this game unfolding are two completely different things, <laughs> I feel, um, at this point in time. I'd like to go out there and beat, belt them by another 70 points or something, because, um, like, I know a lot of people dislike Collingwood, but I hate Essendon. Yeah, they've, they're now number one in that, um, uh, like that, that guy out of Billy Madison, um, who has the two people to kill list. Essendon's right at the top <laughs> there for me. <laughs> uh, I don't care if they call me and apologize. I'm still staying on the list. Um, <laughs> I reckon. The, With Jordan Lewis. Yeah, Jordan Lewis directly under me. Um, there is, uh, there was some good discussion on the boards um, about uh, from from some of the Essendon supporters coming over into our thread about the game, and uh, one of them in particular brought up a really good point. Um, I think the 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 two teams are playing fairly uh, opposite sort of uh, game styles at the moment, where Essendon's is all about uh, running the ball and and quick ball movement through the middle with shorter passes and then hitting up that target in in the forward fifty and they've got some real speedy players on the outside who can really hurt um, opposition teams with their run and their speed. So that's an area I think that we are deficient in. We don't have a particularly quick side um, and we don't have one that runs quick through the middle. And so where where the um the battle is going to be, I think, is making sure that we dominate the contested ball and the stoppages um, in order to stop them getting it through on the outside. And we have to minimise our turnovers in in um sort of forward fifty that then lead to them slingshotting right back up the other end of the ground. And that's that's going to be the key. And they're two areas that we need to improve in as well. So if we can do that, then then I, I can't see a reason why. We can we expect to get smashed even if we if we manage to do that. Um, they've they've beaten Hawthorne in that first game back. You know I think that was a bit of a dead cat bounce sort of situation, a bit of uh, driven by the emotion of it all of having their players back and you know thanks Channel Seven for all those really emotional heartfelt things of the cheaters coming back to play. Yeah, um, <laughs> I have to say I don't think ever in an organised sport history has a team been done for cheating like that and been celebrated, celebrated yeah. as not just by what by the the fans of the club but the media around it too these brave Essendon people what a shame yeah. they're coming back finally all this trouble poor Essendon like it's just disgusting yeah. like I don't think there's any other sport that would treat them like that no agreed and so yeah they managed to get over Hawthorne and that was you know in itself an impressive win uh, and then they barely got over the line with Brisbane. They, uh, they, they got out to a lead and then got, um, absolutely hammered and then had to kick away at the end to win the game. I think that is pretty symptomatic of what I was just saying about the first game. Um, so having said all that, we're rumored that we, we're a chance to win this. Don't, um, you know, make no mistake. We can win this game. Um, but yeah, it's going to be dependent on whether we can shut down their outside run, I think, and uh, and having our defence works as as well as it has previously to stop uh, Hooker and um, uh, Danaher pulling goals from their ass. Oh, the moustache. The the moustache. After after the Richmond game, uh, we made no changes. 
And um, Brendan Bolton said, look, you know, it's um, the guys learning some stuff and whatnot and they deserve to have a chance to atone. Uh, we played much better against Melbourne, but um, Bolts was uh, pretty angry that we let a chance go. He was. But, uh, and, and said, um, you know, coaches have been coaches will let down. Players will let themselves down. The supporters will let down by that. Um, you'd have to think we're going to make a change somewhere. I mean, um, I don't know whether we go for more speed and the likes of uh, David Cunningham come in or uh, Bocorse played, uh, played OK too in the, in the BFL practice match, I believe. Somebody like a uh, young player like um, Williamson. Paulson has stood um, out, I show, think. Did Paulson stand out? Crips? Well, Cripps is playing. Yeah, that's all we but hear otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I just won't hear otherwise. <laughs> I don't, you know, like, like Turn if, the radio off. If, 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 if he's gone, if, if, he's, if he's already out, then we wouldn't have done the podcast tonight. Simple as yeah. that. <laughs> what, what's the point of the Crips podcast if, if he's not playing? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to the Crips, well, it'd probably be um, somebody like uh, Roos Palmer or, or Sam Kerridge probably getting a game. Um, we know those guys turn it over, but we've still got a few players in the team that, that do turn it over. You know, Army Armfield turns it over, but at least he's got speed, I guess. But he's not a true midfielder. He's a bit, uh, a bit of a hole plugger. Um, and um, yeah, Ed Kerno's been turning it over. So, but he's a he's he's got that tag of strength to his bow. Yeah, we'll need him. So, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but you, you, the problem is we want speed, but we want more midfielders. But the midfielders that are that are actually hardened midfielders have no speed. <laughs> so. What do you do? I mean, Palmer kicked a few in the VFL practice match, I believe. Kicked a few, three goals or something like that. So he is, um, but he, he and Carriage can hit the scoreboard. That's one good thing about him. I don't know. And the other one, uh, Nick Graham is somebody that could come in, but again, no speed, mm. uh, no pace there. So, you know, you, you, you go with Paulson, Fisher, those sort of, or, or Cunningham, the, the younger first and second year players, um, or we just, too many, too many young players in there, and we've got no chance of winning if we do that. I don't know. I think there's a very good chance that we will drop uh, someone like White um, and and bring in a smaller midfielder to replace him. Uh, beyond that, any other changes is I think anyone's guess because we're not 100% sure yet how we're all being really surprised that we've played so many tall players. Um, and Bolton made some mention of that in the um, post-match presser saying, uh, or maybe it was pre-match, saying, yeah, no, no, we're happy with the structure that we're selecting. So um, unless unless it was specific to the opposition, they thought that having tall players could exploit the opposition the way that they played. Obviously, it didn't work round one. Round two, we did all right. I don't know whether they're going to stick with that for Essendon or whether they think, oh, the outside run means that we need to drop a tall and bring in an extra midfielder, someone with pace. And that might mean that we get to see someone like Paulson. I don't think that the... The club's going to put someone in who hasn't played well in the VFL or shown that they're um they're, they're going to be uh, ready to step up. This just doesn't seem to be Bolton's style. We were a bit surprised McCready played from the word go, but he showed that he's he doesn't look out of place there. Same same for um, uh, Samo Petrovsky Seaton. I don't think we're going to bring anyone who isn't ready, but we do need midfielders. I think so. I guess I guess yeah, that's Paulson, maybe Williamson because he's he's said that he's going to be a midfielder and he has speed too. I don't know. Palmer is probably the obvious one, but I really want to see a younger guy. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. I, I agree with all of that. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see you know, uh, Harry McKay come in for um, 
for, for Levi. It's not going to happen, unfortunately, and people are going to get more and more frustrated. But um, the one thing that I just have been talking about, talking about those tall players, is we might have one of a lot of tall players, but they don't really lose anything in, in pace compared to some of the mid-sized players we have. So yeah, that's why. So you, you, your playmans and your march banks can actually get a wriggle, wriggle on. They're not they're not express. They're agile though. But yeah. they're, they're agile. They're, they're, they're as quick as some of those um, some of those medium forwards run pace. Mid, mid, yeah, yeah. Some of those mid, mid, those those types. So it's not like they're really burning us. It's a, it's it's not that like their height and lack of pace is, is hurting us. It's that our midfielders aren't express. Mm. To make up for it, so yeah. What do we see as matchups for? You know, I guess Danaher up forward. Um, yeah, he's that bean pole type. Gets good out in the league. Maybe Sammy Rowe not going to keep up with him. Do we? Do we look for a shorter, more agile? March uh, one thing Danaher is really good at, and um, it's going to really worry us because we don't have a real really tall defender. Is Danaher can meet the ball at the height of his jump? Yeah. Um, rather than jump too early or too late and stuff. And because he's so tall, um, I reckon that, that will hurt us on the Danaher thing. So what we need to do is, um, uh, sort of, we, I wouldn't be surprised to see us go not so much the loose defender, but sort of have the zone. So we have someone ready to sort of cut off his run. Yeah. Um, when he does go for the lead. So we can sort of negate him that way. So for our defense, I don't think it'll be a more man on man matchup. We might put, um, it wouldn't surprise me if we have, um, Marchbank on him. Um, just because, like, you know, Young and all, uh, Marchbank's a bit quicker than Rowe. I feel like Danaher will be too quick for Rowe and then sort of yep. have um, Plowman come across the front to sort of get to the ball drop um, where Danaher's going to be. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we sort of have that sort of zone set up to sort of deal with Essendon's tools because um, Hooker and Danaher will beat us in the air, I think. Um, so our midfielders still need to step up their defensive effort to sort of save our, our back line um, in this game. In particular, I, I agree with that, and I think what I was thinking was perhaps um, someone plays a bit more of a close checking role on uh, on Hooker, um, someone like Plowman or Marchbank, play that zone defence, and the whole idea get Rowe to play sort of not behind um, Danaher, but but happy to trail him on the lead, so long as he can push him out, drag him up, push him out as far out to take those marks near near fifty as possible instead of in the goal square. Because Danaher's kicking can be pretty wayward at time. And if he's taking marks and kicking from 50 or 55, I'm fine with that. Um, let him have five or six set shots from, um, from 50 because he'll, he'll probably only kick one or two of them. And that, that's cool. I thought you were going to say shit shots. Yeah, things. I almost did. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been appropriate. So, so. Oh, well, so between Danaher and Levi, it could be an interesting, uh. Oh, yeah, it'd be a spray uh, off. See you. Oh, yeah. I, I reckon um, one of the players that's going to hurt us the most is going to be Tip and Woody. Yep, him and Fantasia, yeah, I think. Yep, they're going to hurt us the most, I reckon. They're going to be more of a pain for us than um, Hooker and Danaher because um, we just don't have that sort of... What you saw, Everyone saw what Martin did to us. We don't have anyone to run with the small, agile um, forward that can play through the midfield and sort of get that run down the middle of the ground. Um, we don't have a matchup for that currently. And both of them, yeah, both, doesn't have... both of those players, not only will they be frustrating because they'll run forward with speed and, and get goal assists and kick goals, but both of their names are fucking stupid. Like Aurazio, yeah. Fantasia, whatever, and two dads. Who has a hyphenated name? Shove it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, dear. 
Oh, well, Bruce Jones, Minton Connell. I'm very... Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, Glass McCasper. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear the name Fantasia, I just think of the Disney film. Yeah. 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 What do you think of when you hear Erasio, no, though? Oreo? Oh, I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> <I, I rate laughs> Aroused fantasy. Oh, oh let's, let, let's, yep, okay. Let's, let, yeah, let's be honest. It is one of those num- those numbers you call in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's it's the name of the guy that answers when you call those numbers. It's like um, it's like Fabio. I'm I'm Aroused. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, look, I, I think we did. I think we did Dunham Cold and dissected that to death just by just on names recognition alone. So that's good. Um, um, <laughs> I was I was just thinking, would it be um, with uh, uh, Tip and Woody, whatever his name is, um, maybe maybe Pickett or, or or Sammy? I know Sammy's got Sam Petrisky Seaton's got uh, more of a defensive side to his game. Um, as from June's coming off half back, he's quite capable of doing that. But would he, would he have the speed? Yeah, I don't think so. Keep up? T- Tipping Woody is um, no. very, very powerful. I think yeah, so I think Tipping Woody's a bit too big for him in the body. Um, yeah, because he was a more mature age player. But maybe Pickett, having had a couple of years in the system, even though he was injured, you know, being a being an inexperienced player, maybe Pickett um, definitely got the speed. I think yeah, perhaps I we, can, we, can try, we can try Pickett on him. But um, I reckon Seaton going to him is going to be a bit um, like if a lot of the time Tippin might be able to break through some of those tackles before they land properly. Yeah. If Armfield's still I, I on the side, don't. that might be some a role that he has to try and uh, be given no, is to look no, after no, Tippin Woody. Do we really want Armfield running into the defensive fifty? Well, so long as he's chasing and then tackling McDonald, Tippin Woody, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah. Not doing anything else though. Yeah. That's, that's all right. Listen, we don't have the options, so I, I don't know. I don't know what we do. Maybe put a maybe put a lot of work into those guys off the ball and tire them out. Yeah, Lewis Potential. style. Yeah, just, yeah. Saying, <laughs> just for the record, not Lewis style. <laughs> it's only three weeks. It's going to suck being so outnumbered by their supporters at the game too. Mm. Is it our hunger? Yeah, it is. But we were outnumbered by Melbourne supporters. Yeah, so I don't know what's wrong with our supporter base. It's a little bit fickle. But our, our supporter base doesn't show up unless we're going to win. That's our yeah. problem. Yeah, no, we're not going to show up very many times this year, unfortunately. But uh, uh, can, I, watch... can I throw something out in regards to that as well? There has been some serious <laughs> negative Nancys in the post in in the uh, like post match threads going off about uh, the state of our club when we're clearly in a rebuild. This is almost a bit of a Shandog Shouts thing, but I tell you what, some people need to pull their heads in. I'm getting sick of seeing complaints about what we're doing and what we're not doing uh, with regard to wins when we're playing so many young guys and they're pulling out these examples like, oh, Thomas is still playing, this person is still playing, we're not clearly not playing all the kids and we can just throw everyone in there and let's just go full Melbourne. You don't go fucking full Melbourne, you morons. Just chill out. Like, Never go full no, let's let's... Look at the, try and be a bit pragmatic about it if you understand what the word pragmatic means. <laughs> Fucking look it up if you don't. All right, you've got tw- you've got twenty two rounds or whatever. There it is. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I got pretty fired up about this. We've got twenty two rounds and we've got a shitload of kids that we can bring through when they're ready, as appropriate. 
once they're they're good to go. Someone said to me before, uh, my attitude, which was, you know, hey, let's just take a chill pill. There's a long way to go in the season. Th- their their response was, this is why our club is shit. No, no, this is why you are fucking shit. Pull, <laughs> pull your head in. This is why no one takes you seriously, and you probably live at home in your parents' basement. All right, I'm sick of hearing that shit. Oh, Shandog, you are symptomatic of our club. Yeah. <laughs> What you say is reflective of... I represent why we've sucked for the last 20 years is because I say, hey, be a little patient. Pull your head in. That's... That's it's just not true. You represent why the podcast has sucked for the last couple of years. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I resemble that moment for Mark. <laughs> you certainly do. Sorry for taking your place away. But <laughs> um, yeah, I'm as keen as anyone I'm, to see the kids, I'm, and we will. I'm excited for what I see. Yeah, exactly. The results don't matter because we're not going to play finals. I mean, yes, it would be nice once in a while, but I'm excited. I, I you know. I'm looking. I'm, I'm, the, the tall timber we have, I haven't seen anything like that for years. Yeah. Like you know, you go back in the days when we would play five tall players, including a pinch hitter like White. You know, and you think, and so we just we just outgunned mm. buddy in the air all the time. And who are these guys? Um, like, you know, yeah. Uh, but like, oh my god, we, these guys. You, you know, you get more games than Demarch Bank, who's still only played. What nine games or something like that? Um, you know, McCready's played two games. Um, th- these guys already look like they're going to make it. You know, Weedering's Weedering's in his second season um, and and can play at both ends and and very very smart footballer and uh, he's going to be he's going to be a gun. I don't think anybody doubts that. Um, and uh, Lockie Plowman, you know, th- those sort of those sort of guys. Um, you know, we think that we think Silvani, Jack Silvani, you know. Um, he needs to get into more spaces. But you look at the end of the game and go, oh, he had 13 possessions and a couple of shots of goal. You know, he's still a lightly built guy. He still gets to good spots, and you don't notice that he's actually getting all those possessions. So, you know, and, he, and he's uh, – so, you know, and, and, and Charlie Kerno, he'll come right and all that sort of stuff. And, and I'm just – I'm just, and uh, we've got a couple of other young blokes in the um, – in the reserves still to come. Yeah, the young tall. If you can't see where so we're at not- now, then and and you're you're being critical of the club, then please jump off the bandwagon. It's not like you were probably buying a membership anyway, knowing our supporters as we were just talking about. So get off the forum while yeah. you're at it. Choose a new club, and don't be coming back yeah. when we're actually good. Yeah, you you've got a decade left of Sam Doherty and Patrick Cripps, mm. you know, and and Sam Petreski, Seaton, and and Jared Pickett, and we already think those blokes are gonna gonna be there, you know. Somebody Cunningham or Bocross or something, some one of those guys will probably make it. You know, the Paulsons and, and Fishers already look like they're gonna do something. You know, they're already looking good to come in. At the end of the year, we're probably gonna attack a free agent. We're probably gonna pick go for a big trade or. We're going to pick up. We're going to have a fairly low draft pick, probably in the you know picks one to three somewhere in that range, and we're going to pick up a gun mid. Yep. Hopefully, a strong, strong gun mid. Pacing, strong pacing mid. Fast maybe. mid, good but, kick. You know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know something like that. You add that. You add those guys in and watch them come on together. Our 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 next wave is still that twenty three and under or twenty four, depending on how old Doc is this year. But the the, the twenty four and under brigade. That's the, the the age profile's being filled in rapidly yeah. in that section. Exactly, Dude, we're doing this. Look, there's one. Okay, I'm gonna have one last little rant about something, right? If if there's no, there's no greater proof that you can't please everyone 
take the fact that Brendan Bolton, who has talked in cliches and repeated himself constantly for the last two years, what has he been saying? He's been saying, look for the green shoots. It's not about wins or losses. We're not going to be defined by those. We want to uh, uh, work on the game plan. We're talking about our pressure, all these uh, other things that we measure internally. You know, green shoots, green shoots constantly, right? And people people get on his back for repeating himself. They're all like, how come he just says the same things over and over again? I don't want to hear this message. I want to hear something new, right? Then in the same breath, and on the other hand, you got people going, why aren't we winning games? Why aren't we playing all the kids? Why, why isn't all this happening? I'm like, holy shit. Like, have you not just listened to everything he just said? I, I'm done. I understand it. It's, it's, it's a little bit Jekyll and Hyde, um, because we have been struggling. We had a, we had a brief moment of up and sort of around the 2009 to 11 area. And, um, and, and then the whole Malthouse debacle and everything turned to shit again. And we just keep on going, having to reset and go, Patience, patience. Okay, now we started again. Forget how frustrated you were before. Start again. Yeah. And it's really hard. It's really hard to empty that tank and not hold that frustration for being shit for so long. But if people can't recognise that we're not shit now, we are learning. Yeah, that's right. And it's just like GWS were. So you know, uh, GWS fans might have felt like you know that then it was hard. It was hard a few years what? to go through being down the bottom of the. Yeah, I think there's been more legitimate sightings of a Loch Ness huh? monster than GWS fans. Uh, yeah, I, I heard that um, oh. a scientific team has departed into Tasmania to look because they reckon that the Tasmanian tiger <laughs> might not be extinct, and I reckon they got more chance of finding that than right. finding genuine GWS fans. Okay, so so that so the GWS fan might have been frustrated. <laughs> that's, that's Gillian McLaughlin. I have one game, but 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 uh, do you think they'd change it now? Do you think they'd actually change that their whole learning? No, and, environment and, they well, it depends on if they win a flag or not. And do you reckon the fan might sort of say it doesn't when matter they, if they don't win a flag, saying, "Oh, we could have done it better." Not everybody, not everybody wins a flag, and re, yeah, if they don't win a flag, they've underachieved, no doubt about that. So we we yet to find out what sort of steel they have in in, in their in, uh, in their mentality, but um, that you know you wouldn't trade the excitement of the football that they've been playing last year and you know on the weekend. <laughs> not this year. Well, you know. well, they just won yeah. about 100 points, so they're going all right. They responded to their first round <laughs> they, they did get rolled by Adelaide, though. Yeah, Adelaide's a good team. But look, if, if you want to bring it back to the, the comparison between our list management and theirs, do you think there were any GWS fans out there complaining and going crazy about the fact that people like Brett Thornton and Satanta O'Helpen were playing for them in the first couple of years when they had all these kids out there, right? And we, we do, we, we're doing the same thing at the moment. We've got people going, why is White playing? Why is Thomas playing? Because you can't put them all out you, there. GWS has shown that. They still got smashed by 100 fucking points every week, but look where they are now. Yep. If GWS fans knew who Brett Thornton and Santa O'Helpen <laughs> were, they probably would have been outraged. <laughs> Fickle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. We just talked and talked and talked. Yeah, and that talked. escalated mm-hmm. fast. I just sort of, I, I sat back and watched the the, the train go. Like it just, <laughs> it just took off. <laughs> then I didn't know where we were anymore. I probably, sh- I probably should have introduced Shandog as having the X factor because uh, he uh, came a little bit mercurial towards the end of that. <laughs> anyway, we're we're out of here. Uh, Thanks, Shad Dog. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Happy Dude. Glad to be back. See you next year. Um, 
<laughs> and thank you for anybody that made it to the end of this podcast. Uh, check us in the mail. Um, thanks, guys. Hey, trouble.